It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't We're going to bring Mary Kay on in a sec to talk some Browns. And as always, when we do Browns Talk, it's sponsored by Cuyahoga Community College. Tri-C supports their students financially, professionally, and personally, opening up doors of endless possibilities. Tri-C is where the future starts, and it starts right now. Classes begin January 17th, 2023. What county are they located yeah, in? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's funny. I just asked he Anthony how to say it. Yeah, but now you Steve forgot it. it. And they both said something different, so right. it really threw me off. But it's Cuyahoga. Yeah, there you go. We'll Mary. give you credit and for Anthony that. Anthony says Cuyahoga, and he's wrong now. It's he's Cuyahoga. a weirdo. Yeah. Don't Jason, you went there. What's the profession? No, I went to Lorraine County Community College. Lorraine, okay. But I, I, I'm with you. I said Cuyahoga. Yeah. Cuyahoga he County. with Cuyahoga. him. He says it different. But I'm a Lorraine County dude, so I don't live in. And there's we have debate Mary on Kay? how to say Lorraine. We have Mary Kay. Yes, Mary Kay. Is it Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga? She says Hoga, right, Mary Kay? I say Haga. Oh, oh my God. Haga. No way. I thought only people from Parma said Haga. That's what I was told. <laughs> this is the show where everyone just beats up on Bull. Aditi wouldn't take the victory lap, but Mary Kay just. Actually, I think I do say Haga. I don't even know that. I'm definitely Kyoga. Hey, Mary Kay, I thought it was really interesting. You know, Joe Woods gets fired yesterday. I thought that Mike Prefer should get fired as well. Once they had the press conference, I assumed he wasn't getting fired. But Kevin Stefanski was asked twice in the press conference about uh, Mike Prefer, and he didn't say that he definitely has the job. Is does Mike Pre- is Mike Prefer definitely staying, or is there a chance he's going to be fired today or tomorrow? You know, I really think that Kevin wanted to take care of uh, priority number one, and that was to fire Joe Woods and start lining up some interviews with these defensive coordinator candidates. I don't think he had those conversations yet with everybody else, and I think it was maybe still up in the air a little bit. But I think the fact that uh, Mike Prefer has survived to this point is probably a good sign for him. Uh, so, you know, I would have okay. to say that I, you know, I think right now, he, you know, Kevin's probably leaning towards keeping him. But I think those two guys need to put their heads together and have a conversation. All right, so it's not a done deal. What was your big takeaway from yesterday? I mean, if you had a takeaway, because we had talked earlier at the start of the show how all these guys in in the vein of Belichick are sort of mastered the art of moving their lips but not really saying a whole lot. What was your sort of takeaway moment or, you know, if they had an overlying statement, what was it that, that stood out to you? Well, um, if we're talking about from, you know, Andrew and Kevin, my takeaway there was that they do understand that they have to get the right mix of guys in there on their defense. And I think that means schematically from a talent standpoint, from a, you know, veteran versus young guy standpoint and from, you know, a leadership standpoint. So I think that they really need uh, to craft that defense in such a way that they've got some great leaders. I don't know that they have any great leaders yet on the defense. I know Miles has taken over a much more vocal role, but they need more guys like that. Some of the young guys are going to have to step up into those roles. I've covered uh, NFL locker rooms before where you've got three or four sort of enforcer guys on the defense, like the old school Sheldon Richardson kind of guys, or back in the day, you know, the Carl Banks and Pepper Johnson kind of guys. Uh, where they sort of 
you know, help run the program and they, you know, keep everybody in check. I remember when Miles Garrett had the helmet incident and Baker Mayfield, you know, kind of went off on him on national television right after that. Sheldon Richardson stepped in as an old school guy and he really salvaged that situation. He put those two guys back together as best he could, Miles and Baker. Uh, you know, he and Olivier Vernon took Baker aside and said, that's not how we roll here. So I think they need some of those kind of guys. Uh, I think they need to be careful of adding guys to the team that do have behavioral problems. Strong personalities are fine, but you have to be very judicious in adding guys onto the team that aren't going to buy into the program or that are going to be speaking out about things. Because even when you look back at Jadavian Clowney, you need that guy to be, you know, carrying the banner uh, for your program and what you're doing. And that just did not happen. So I think getting the right mix, as Andrew mentioned yesterday, was my biggest takeaway. Mary Kay, I said earlier, Jadavian was probably the most vocal and not necessarily in a good way. Is that fair or wrong? Uh, no, I, I think that's right. I think I think that's right because when you have a big booming personality like that, uh, but the stuff that's being boomed out isn't all about you know how we are uh, going to abide by what Kevin's doing. We are going to abide by what Joe Woods wants. Uh, that you know that just can't be. Uh, the voice in the locker room or one of the main voices in the locker room. I mean, when you've got your Pro Bowl guys are the guys that everybody looks up to. So you've got Miles, you've got Jadavian, you've got Denzel Ward. Those guys have got to be rock solid. And if you don't have that, then you've got to go out and get it. You've got to go find those guys that are going to make sure that there's complete buy-in with the program. And we started to hear that with Miles towards the end of the season where he was going to bat for Joe Woods. Now, did he really feel that way about Joe Woods? You know, maybe he was just trying to hold it together during the season, and that was what was necessary for the moment. They need more of that. Mary Kay, um, Adam Nabool said something yesterday, and I, I totally agree with him. Um, they, you know, they got one more year here to, to figure out what they're going to do and to make the playoffs and get this thing off the ground. Or I, I think they're just not going to be here after after next year. He, Bull said he believes they have to go all in. And what he means all in is they have to do turn every tire over to get more players or the right players in here. And I don't know if they have the um, picks to do it. I don't know if they got the cap space to do it. But I don't think they can be conservative like they were last year and, and count on young players to come in and just be grade A players off the bat. Because to me, I look at it, they got about six games. If they don't hit the ground running and, and Deshaun Watson doesn't look like he's back to Deshaun Watson of old, I think this is going to be a, a very tough way for Kevin Stefanski to turn it around. Well, I do think that, um, you know, that they really hope that a lot of those young guys were going to step up in their second seasons. The JOKs, the Grant Delp, it's really his second full season on the field. Uh, the, the Greg Newsoms, the Jordan Elliotts, the Jacob Phillips, they really expected that those guys were going to pop this year. And none of them really did. In fact, nope. some of them regressed. And some of the reasons why they did be, were because some of them didn't feel that they were being used the way that it maximized their talents and abilities. We've heard Greg Newsom say, you know, I had to move over into that nickel cornerback role and it was, you know, it was adjustment period and it was, it was mentally tough and physically tough to be able to do that. Now, 
is is he going to be much better at that in his second season or does he really want to go back to you know working on the outside and and seeing if he can't build on what he did as a rookie uh you know even Jadavian Clowney to a certain extent if you find out that early on in the season that he's upset about getting put on the tougher link on the offensive line. I think he needs to be heard about that. It doesn't mean that you have to do anything about it right away or that you have to appease him. Uh, but I think these guys need to feel like they can go in and say what they need to say. John Johnson three, we saw him play um, multi roles with the Rams and he, he didn't do that as much here. And I think he's another player that, you know, maybe, you know, there's more to him than he's been able to show so far. So I think the new defensive coordinator is going to have to try to find a way to bring out the best in these players. Ask them, talk to them, find out what they really want to do, whether it's, you know, something else in the scheme, whether it's something else they would like to try in another area of, of the football team, whatever the case may be. Did you want your player do that because he spoke out publicly and he was gone. I think he, from what I understand, he did try to express himself, probably, especially after that Baltimore game, he might've made it clear. And by that time, you know, it might be too late because of the way he went about that. Um, But I think these guys need to be able to say how they feel about how they're being used. You want your players to be happy and to be playing to their strengths. You want them to feel that they can express themselves. And then you want there to be some, locker room sort of accountability. There's got to be guys in the locker room that are, that are going to say, hey, this isn't how we roll. This isn't how we do things. And there needs to be more of that. Mary Kay, did you just get some breaking news that you want to tell us about on that text there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But, but you know that, you know, it, you know, in this kind of a role, you know, you're all, you always have to have, you know, your peripheral vision going. Absolutely. So. You never know, especially this week, right? I mean, this is the week where the Browns, sadly, unfortunately, make a lot of news, and it rarely has anything to do with a playoff game. Uh, is there any fear whatsoever for in within the organization, based on what you know, that, because the, let's face it, Deshaun, for, there's a variety of reasons why it happened, but the bottom line is he didn't play well in the overall for these six games. Is there any fear in the organization that he may not get back to being the player he was in Houston? No, there's no fear about that right now whatsoever. Uh, but I think everyone recognizes that um, that they have to gear everything towards making sure that he has what he needs, right. that he is supported um, both schematically and from a personnel standpoint, uh, that he is communicating very, very effectively with Kevin Stefanski. And the thing that Deshaun Watson has got to do right from the outset, right from, and I think they probably started this yesterday, is he's got to speak up. Uh, Baker Mayfield never really felt like he was heard, even though Kevin says he's got this open door policy. Uh, You know, these guys have to make sure that they are being 100% honest with how they feel about a situation, even if they're worried about the repercussions of what they say. They have to say it. They've got to speak up. So if Deshaun Watson saw you know too much of this or not enough of that or areas of the personnel that need to be bolstered he's got to talk about that he's got to talk about it now and he's got to be completely honest with how he feels uh if he's worried about you know the play calling or that they don't have enough receivers uh, whatever the case may be uh he he really has to be forceful uh in getting that out yeah mary i 
I've, I've been looking at the all 22. I've, I've already started to go back and look at, um, you know, the first few games with Deshaun Watson. And one of the things that I see is there, there's, there's still a lot of, of plays where it doesn't seem like there's much vertical action. Um, everything is really condensed. Everything is really close. Everything is under, you know, you know, seven to ten yards. It just seems like the playbook has not opened up. And do you agree that Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson doesn't like a play or doesn't like a certain formation, him and Kevin Stefanski, I don't care if they have to get bunk beds because they are tied at the hip. If this does not work with with Deshaun Watson, Stefanski won't 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 make it out. Um, do you believe that this offseason that will make major changes to the playbook and and when you come back to training camp you'll see a lot new different wrinkles and a, and a new identity for the Cleveland Browns I think so and Deshaun Watson even talked about that yesterday I, my headline was that he thinks the offense will be totally different now he might not mean necessarily schematically he might mostly mean that he's going to be a lot better in this scheme once he knows it and once he understands it and once he understands the nuances of his receivers and you know where they like the ball placed on their body on a fade route or whatever um, and that Kevin Stefanski will know better how to call plays for him or how much uh, you know they should use up tempo or you know go to the no huddle whatever the case may be so I really think that uh, Deshaun is going to take more ownership of this offense and, um, you know, I do think that you'll probably see a, a different philosophy, a little bit of a shift. And if they all put their heads together and they decide that maybe there's somebody else that should be calling the place, Kevin would be open to that. I'm not saying that's going to happen because I think that Kevin wants to call the plays uh, once he finally has a full offseason with Deshaun and a full training camp and, and, and really have a season with him to be able to do that. But he's, you know, he's all about the team, just like everybody else is and um, or everybody else should be. And um, and he, you know, he'll do whatever it takes. So if it if they all put their heads together and decide that perhaps someone else should be calling the plays next season, then, you know, then they'll come to that conclusion and, and he would do that. I don't see it happening right now, uh, but it's something that he will at least consider. Mary Kay, three players. I'm curious to know if you think they're going to be back next year. Kareem Hunt, John Johnson III, and Jedrick Wills. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jedrick Wills, yes. In fact, I think they probably will pick up his fifth-year option because I don't think the $14 million that it is for a player, uh, for a first-round pick in that category that hasn't made play bo Pro Bowls, uh, I don't think that's exorbitant for him. So I think they will do that. Um, John Johnson III, when you look at his $13.5 million a cap hit for next year. You always look to guys like that that are in those double-digit millions. You match it up with the production that they've had so far, and you decide if that's the amount of money that you're going to be able to pay them. So I think he would either be a candidate for restructuring or you have to look at uh, the June 1st consideration of after June 1st, uh, you know, your dead cap money would only be about 3.75 compared to 
12 point something now, uh, and your cap savings would be in the $9.7 million range. I wrote about that in my uh, Browns Insider for Sunday. So they're going to look at that number and decide right player, right price. And I'm sure they'll sit down with his agent and try to work something out. Uh, but he's somebody to look at. And then Kareem Hunt, as of right now, and I've been writing this all season long, I think he will be permitted to walk. He will go out and he will see what he can get on the open market. And if it makes sense for him to come back at, uh, you know, at a lower contract with perhaps some incentives in it, then, you know, then maybe they'll all discuss that. But right now, the first thing that will happen is he will become a free agent and he will be allowed to go test the market. One more, Ethan Posick. Yes, they'll bring him back. Uh, he absolutely solidified the center position. You don't know what Nick Harris is going to be coming off a major reconstructive knee surgery. So Ethan Posick will be back. And I was going to ask you about Nick. If Ethan's back, does Nick just slide back into a backup role? Perhaps, yes. Um, you know, I think that, that Ethan really earned the job and got the experience and already had a ton of starting experience. So re really, you know what you have there. And when we talk about hitting the ground running with Deshaun, you know, you can't be experimenting with certain positions. If you know you've got a good thing there, I think you roll with it. One more before we let you go, Mary Kay, and we certainly appreciate your work throughout this football season. Um, mm -hmm. It's been a joy and really insightful having you on. But one of the things that you touched about briefly there is the salary cap position. And I know that there are always moving parts to that. And guys like Johnson and his future will have something to do with where the Browns sit from a space standpoint. But if you had to give this team a letter grade as to how they're positioned with the cap moving into 2023, A being perfectly positioned, F being it's going to be a nightmare, where are they in your view? Well, I would say probably around a B right now, but... Um, you know, they are extremely brilliant capologists and they know how to move that money around. And that is why you saw the, the base salaries of guys like Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper reduced to minuscule amounts this year uh, so that they could make sure that they could add other guys to the team and do what they needed to do. So I think they'll do the same thing heading into next season. Uh, you might see some reduced bases, some upfront money for guys. Uh, some things stretched out over a few more years, but they know how to do that. They are some of the best in the business at it. So I would give them a good solid B that can climb up to an A. Wow, that's great news. Mm. Mary Kay, thanks. We appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, excellent job this year. Mary Kay, thank we'll, you. Uh, I know your offseason is non-existent, yeah. but uh, <laughs> as we go through our offseason, if we need you, we'll reach out for sure. And uh, we look Mary forward Kay. to seeing you soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, you, you know what's interesting By the way, real quick, is, yeah, Jay, go ahead. real quick. Uh, speaking of things that are B's and becoming A's, that's the overtime segment on this show. And if you want to become a member, we were a B. I think we're a B level early. B minus. We have now progressed to an A. Yes. Uh, yesterday, you guys were missing me, so it's hard to be an A without me. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we're progressing nicely to an A. Starters tier, uh, it's fine. You know, it's not bad. You got the custom emojis. But if you really want to go big time, you get all that stuff plus the overtime extra video, extra stuff, extra content that nobody else on the face of this earth is getting. So you want to be a part of it? Become a Coach's Tier member today. And we're doing them every day.
Every day. Most podcasts, most most who do Patreon. Wait, I, I have real breaking news. Month. Sorry. Real breaking real news. Breaking news. R- RBN. Shortstop Carlos Correa and the Minnesota Twins are finalizing a six-year, $200 million contract. <laughs> I don't believe ESPN. it until it's done. I don't either. Every contract gets shorter and less money. The deal has an that it can max out at $270 million. It's pending a third physical. <laughs> Now, now, what is going is, on there? The only thing I would say is that he was there team, last right? year, so maybe it's likely that right. he'll pass the His original, their original was offer a, was ten for two eighty-five, I think. The Twins, that is twins. and so it's, it's substantially offer, yes. less per year. His first yeah. deal was what? Was 13, 13 for 13 three three fifteen for yeah. the San Francisco <laughs> Giants, yeah. and then it was twelve for three hundred. With the Mets. And now it's down to six for two hundred. Poor guy. He's only hey, they carving that roast beef off the off the bone. <laughs> you had and a by whole. By the way, I think this is more responsible. This is more in line with what I think he's worth. I thought that Giants deal. I said it the yeah, next day. Yeah, but all those guys absurd. got long-term contracts. All these guys, There's all those guys, of... got 10, 12 year contracts. How much did Correa change lives last year? But did any of these other shortstops that signed big deals change lives? Well, I, Lindor definitely did. Yeah. Lindor finally can return to the player that he was in Cleveland. I mean, but Correa is just as good as Lindor. I don't think so. I, yeah, I'd take I mean, Lindor over Correa. I would take Lindor over Correa. Yeah, but, but it's I close. Just, but it's close. And by the way, this is a great deal. And I think brother is the real question. Oh, What's don't that? start with would that. Would you take Lindor hey. over Correa? <laughs> hey, I'm starting, I'm starting to believe that. Brother, who's they paid playing. Xander Bogarts, who I would, I'd take Correa or Lindor over Bogarts. I would too. Yeah, I would you know, also. Uh, although I take. But I think this deal is more in line with what he's worth. Yeah. Are there any opt-outs on his side after the first or second year? The deal is a vesting option that can max out at 270. Okay. But can he get out of it? I'm surprised he's locked in for six years. Then he probably can't. If it doesn't say that, then he, there's probably yeah. not an escape. Can I get into some reckless speculation real quick? Sure. Um, let me ask you all baseball dudes. Yeah. Um, what what injury is causing them to lose this much money? What what could – if you looked at this and said, all right, what is a possible injury a baseball player can have that is costing him three well, physicals in his brain? It's the it's the ankle is the issue. Yeah, the it's not an injury problem. that he actually has right now. It's they're worried about the future. Yeah. So when you're speculating out 13 years, which was yeah. just irresponsible, stupid, and reckless, when you're doing that, you're looking for any minuscule thing that could derail that deal. Also, Jason, you might know more about this. A lot of these contracts are insured, and it is oftentimes difficult for insurance companies to pass the player to that level because in some of these cases, the insurance company is taking a bigger risk than the team. And the insurance company may have actually said, we're not safe with this. This is not a good investment. Pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions. I actually have a good friend who's a Mets fan was like, I said, I said, you guys are like, you're like the Yankees now. And he goes, yeah, I'm hoping we don't sign Correa because it's, it's too much. Yankees yeah, I don't necessarily fear the Twins in the division. I fear the Sox a lot more than the Twins, but that's not good news for Cleveland. No, it's not. going back to Minnesota. But, they, you know, he was there last year. I think, you know, they had a lot of issues last yeah. year for sure. And one I player address pitching for one sure. One player alone doesn't, doesn't you know, no matter how yet. good. No player should have. The only time I would. I'm surprised ed- the Twins would spend <clears> that money yeah. that way. Hey, good for them. Well, they I were think all in on him yeah. a month know, ago, and they had him their last year. Is, is pitching. Yeah, but there's a familiarity. I remember reading Ken I think Rosenthal. he's a great player. Hey, can I, I call an audible and go right to the Bauer thing? Because I think that fits seamlessly with the yeah. baseball that talk is the that we're audible, doing. Yep. Okay, because I know we way, had another 10 minutes after Mary Kay, but... T- to me, I know it's the cost of doing business. Most of these long-term contracts don't pan out for the team. They almost never do, certainly at the end. But if I were a team, the only way I'd ever consider a 13-year contract is if I'm signing a guy who's like 19, 20. Yeah. Because at, at like that Rodriguez, point. Like Rodriguez, 
if you get a, a young star that you know is already a star, right. you and want to project plus out getting, 10 plus, that's right. Fine. Plus you getting, you have control of him six or seven years. So you're going to pay uh, him. Correa is already like 28, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Trey I'm, Turner just got, and I like Trey Turner more. Uh, Turner's even better than Lindor. He's better than all yeah, I'm, star, I'm starting. Trey to, Turner's a top 10 starting player. Starting to come league. around to, um, starting to get conservative. You, you people, um, the Angels got the two best players in the game. It doesn't matter. They haven't done nothing. And yeah. guess what? Well, they're trash. And, yeah. they're t- and, and, and at How's one point, possible? they had the two best players in the game or close to it, and it was Trout and Pujols. Yes. And they have done right. nothing. How, How is that possible? No, but Pujols was never a superstar he, there. Maybe his first a, yes, year. Yes, he was. When he, went to, when he left St. Louis <coughs> for, yeah. for Anaheim. No, I know, but he was never good. Outside of maybe one year, he sucked with the Angels. Yeah. No, I know, but yeah. they at, paid at the him. They as paid him, right. And it was that's, a stu- to G. But that was a stupid move. It was. I never liked it. You see, I understand if you're the Yankees paying Aaron Judge because even though by the end he won't be worth it you got su- you got such great value for him the last seven years sure you, you stole- way underpaid him but, right. but, but, but paying qu- a guy that had his best ball and cheapness but, for other teams but my, no question, my question is how yeah. do you have the two best players in the league in their prime and yeah. you're not even a talk. Is- because it's not just about yeah. two players it's, not, no. it's the, there's a great tweet that says it seems like every night there's something from the Angels. Mike Trout hit three home runs. Shohei yeah. Otani hit two home runs and struck out 13. And the Angels lost 9-7. to seven. <laughs> Now, <laughs> in Trout is no longer a top two player in the Clip league. Clip it. That's a short. <laughs> but he's still top ten. And uh, But but that doesn't give the Indians a pass, the Guardians a pass for not spending any money. No, but the Guardians, what I've loved about how they've operated over the last 20 years, they have been fiscally responsible to what this market dictates they can do. I don't believe that. They have. I now, don't now listen, yeah. I don't mean I don't mean in total money spent. Yeah. But they took a lot of heat for not signing Lindor. Lindor would have been a death knell for them. It would have killed them. Yeah. They I mean, cannot I, I, spend that kind of money was, on one guy. Well, I don't I don't only because they're unwilling to have a payroll at a certain level. Yeah, but that would take up such a large percentage of what I they're I know that, to but spend. we're accepting the fact that they can't go past a certain point in no, payroll. I'm not, I don't believe I'm that. I'm not. I, when I say fiscally yeah. responsible, I just mean that they've avoided the trap of signing that 10-year, $300 million they guy. They have, but they, they also... can't do that here. They also should... Well, I think they could, but I... I it would kill them, Bull. It would... Look it at would, Detroit with, with Miggy. But that's because... It would only if, – if the Guardians were willing to have a $200 million payroll, it wouldn't kill them. But they can't. But they this would, market won't bear that Well, out. I don't buy that they – I don't buy that. I, I obviously don't know for sure. But we don't I know. think we've all been conned by the owners to think they can't spend more money. I think like, we're I think fooled the, by I think the, the Yets, work. I think the Yankees could have a half a billion dollar payroll and wouldn't lose money. I, I so, believe so that. The, and until well, proven otherwise. Though. The Yankees are No, different. I know that. So, but if I think the Yankees can make $500 million or more and still not, I think the Guardians can have at least $150 million for, payroll, and I don't buy that they're losing layman, money. For but, a layman that's watching it, right? Yeah. You say Carlos Correa, right? He's a good player. It doesn't sting as much. Like it's like it's, it's not it's, like football yeah, or, when, or, or, when, you, when your t- rival team gets a superstar. Yeah, you like you no, devastated, no. especially at shortstop. If he was a pitcher, I, yeah, I but think I'd be still. a little more concerned. But yeah, even the pitchers, you see them once every five yeah. days. The reason I say this goes yeah. well with Bauer is because this story now, Bauer can be had at a price tag of about seven hundred and twenty. Well, that's assuming he gets cut, which is is likely, but he hasn't been cut yet. No, the he Dodgers got, are going to release him. Right, but it's not – technically, he's been designated well, for assignment. And you which know gives, gives them a week to do a variety of things. But that's not going to happen. But it's either. not going to happen. You're right. Yes. They've got to yeah. wait through – they've got to go through protocol, but yeah. no one's going to pick no him one's up because they him. know that the Dodgers are going to be on the hook right. for the bulk of his $20 million-plus salary. Right. So, Ooh. if you're not up to speed on the Bauer thing, uh, in June of 2021, he was accused by a woman of choking her to the point of unconsciousness twice – 
and as well as punching her and scratching her, um, all during consensual sex. The, lead, the Immediately, the league... Well, I don't know that she... I, that's what he says. What? That it was consensual. No, no? Th- no, it was consensual, and she didn't deny that it was consensual. Uh, she, and, oh, and, and this one... Okay. But yeah. This, okay, go ahead. There was never any claims of non-consensual sex. That's true. Yes, you're right. So, uh, and I want to be very careful with this because it's tricky. There's a lot of moving parts. But that doesn't mean she consented to everything that happened within no, that sexual encounter. No. However, yes. Bauer, yeah, w- there was an investigation. He was immediately suspended. This was in June of 21. Right, right, right. Hasn't pitched since. He was immediately suspended. MLB said we're going to look into this. They they launched an investigation. So too did the LA County uh, District Attorney looked into this. The judge, after looking at all the facts, denied the woman a restraining order. She had asked initially for a restraining order. The judge said there's there's no warrant for a restraining order. The judge said he didn't believe that she was in jeopardy because Bauer and his attorneys provided text messages. And again, I'm not going to cast judgment. It's not my thing. It just seems to be a little. It is abnormal, I think. But 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 there's been more than one person accused. Well, I'll get to that too in a second. Yeah. There has been, but yeah. she never filed. She never she never took it. She just made a claim to a newspaper. Yeah, that was the other woman. Never filed any criminal charges. The, the woman, after claiming that she was choked out, Bauer and his attorneys came forward and said, yeah, that, that happened, and, and here's my phone, and here's the text messages between the two of us. He uh, provided multiple text messages between he and the woman. Uh, this episode, by the way, occurred during their second consensual sex um, encounter. The text messages said, and these were quotes, give me all the pain and choke me out. Those were words that she used in her text to... Bauer, again, not my thing. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. But I also, I, I've been told <laughs> that this is a thing and I, that people do I, have this as a fetish. Listen, I, I, I don't care what, what two consenting adults do. I, I don't judge any two consenting adults. No, I guess we have to stay out of their I, I don't. I, it's none of my business. But it is. I, I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's Whatever. So, it, there's a lot of extreme things people are into. We're too, I think we judge people. We have no business judging people. I don't know. Listen, uh... He's there's more than one accusation. So, so th- th- I've me, heard things about Bauer in the past. Well, now, wait know, a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, he, he has a bad reputation, right? And we can't, and we got it. The things we've heard in the past, yeah, allegedly can't, yeah, we can't factor that in. Um, we heard a lot of things well, about Deshaun Watson. Into whether I think, same thing with Deshaun Watson, you yeah, know, when I said <laughs> I wanted to Deshaun- decision, but the league can't say when it could by the way, that uh, as I move the, the, the yeah. timeline forward, there was another woman who came forward to the Washington Post. And she just made some claims, some similar claims. Um, she never filed any charges. Nothing was ever. N- but that doesn't mean nothing happened. The league talked to her yeah. in their investigation. Now, in the course of their investigation, the league said 324 games, two, two, two full seasons yeah. was what he was suspended. Then, much like the Deshaun Watson case, they appointed a neutral arbitrator to look at all the facts of the case. The neutral arbitrator just came out and said, we're going to reduce the suspension down to 190-some games. Yeah. Basically, time served. Because he, he did not play the rest of 21. He missed all of 22. So, essentially, he is now eligible to play Major League Baseball. Yeah. Where it gets tricky is... You, the Guardians, by the way, are not going to sign him. No. Nope. A lot of bad blood. A yes. lot of bridges burned. But to somebody, there are... 29 other teams, 28 if you take the Dodgers out of the mix, that are going to look at this this way. You're going to get a Cy Young caliber pitcher who I think most would say is in the top 20 arms in baseball. We haven't seen him in two years. 
It's very unconventional training methods and whatnot, but they're going to get him at a $720,000 price tag. Someone, I believe, is going to sign this. Someone guy. will. I, the, the tricky thing with Bauer versus Watson is Watson, by all accounts, is liked by most of the players in the league. Very much so. Trevor Bauer yeah. is not liked. No. He is not popular. Uh, you know, but again, like, should this be a popularity contest? I no, I it in a vacuum. It's, you, you it's to, in a vacuum. It's smart to sign Trevor Bauer. He's I, I don't think he's a great pitcher. I think you like him more than I do. I think do, he's a great pitcher. But I, do. I, I think he he's only had two great seasons in the NF in, in Major League Baseball, and one was the COVID season. Um, and and uh, you have to weigh what impact he'll have on your clubhouse. Right, and, and that's a big thing here. It but is. just like I was okay with the Browns signing Watson, I'm not going to kill a team for signing Bauer. The Guardians can't do it because he was not liked here. He burned bridges here, and he's a knucklehead beyond this. Um, but somebody will give him a chance because he's a talented pitcher, and he's going to cost no money. He's 31. He's missed the last two years. Yeah. We, yeah. We How have, could he still is? We have just gone through this with the Sharks. Yes. Right, right. It's almost the football and baseball equivalent. Yeah. Because 31 for a baseball player is probably 27 for a football player. Their, their careers last much longer. Yeah. The good players can. And he's got many a lot more wear and tear have. on his arm than, than Deshaun has. Deshaun's more in the prime of his career. I'd say yeah, Bauer's on the back end. Yeah, but you have to factor in Deshaun's had two ACLs as well. Yeah, I'd I say mean, Bauer's on the back end of his prime, although he's never <coughs> had a major arm injury probably because of his training techniques. See, I wonder, though, what is the two years of inactivity? Dude. How does that help him? I know how I feel yeah. uh, in April when I haven't pitched for six months. Yeah. Well, and I'm 57. I don't know, but <clears throat> he's good enough that at his price, even if he's average Who at this point. Who signs him, do you think? Who's going to be the team? I think the Mets It's tricky because it. obviously it's going to be bad PR, just like with Watson. Bad PR. You're going you're to take a beating for signing him. Um, and New York is probably media-wise, no that's, the, that's the city that can deliver he's not, there's no way he's the going most Plus, he spurned the Mets in free agency a few years ago. I think, to what G just said, I think the Angels make a lot of sense because they've struggled to get pitching. He stays in Southern California, which is what he wants. Yeah. ESPN I, is making it sound like no one's going to touch him. I, would be, I, would I read little, that, too. I would be a little surprised. They if, said not, if, unlikely, but not impossible. Yeah, I'd be surprised I think it's if... probable. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've seen this in the past with Aroldis Chapman, and we've seen it in the past with a but lot again, of guys. But again, I think it's it's not just what happened off the field. He, his, the fact that there's so many players that can't stand him. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a player this unpopular. Forget the fans. He's very much disliked, and in our group chat, I think you were the one that first yeah. broached the topic, should Cleveland sign him? Yeah. Like, listen. That is I know they're not, not going to, but like, maybe in a fantasy His last baseball. throw in an Indians uniform was when he threw the ball over, over the, the home run fence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, right. I After think, Tito pulled it. I think Tito wanted to strangle him when he was here. Yeah. I, I think, that's not going to work. And, and I would even no, go Tito so far. Tito wants nothing to do with him. I would, I would go so far as to say I think he poisoned the well. Like, they've, they haven't been able to sign Bieber to an extension. I think Trevor Bauer might be part of the reason why. Because he was here saying, I'm going year to year. I'm going year to year. Well, Trevor made his money. He made $7, $8 million as a signing bonus as a high draft pick. Mike Clevenger didn't sign here. They weren't able to get him to sign long term. Well, Clevenger was his one buddy, right? They were really tight. Yeah. Like they, by the there time were, I'm told that there were there there was a there was a group of guys on the team that may not have been accepted by everybody else, but it, it included four or five players. Well, by the end of the time, it was basically down to Bauer and Clev. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, at the end, well, but Clevenger had his own issues. And, off and Kevin Gates. No, no, no. Well, some try. Some have <laughs> some have uh, blamed. Clevenger's mindset and some of his problems as rub off from Bauer. I yeah. don't know if you buy into that, but well, I just, I just mean, I mean, they were very close. They were, and I, I think, 
I, I just wonder if if Trevor wasn't the one saying I'm gonna I'm not signing a long term deal. I'm not giving away that control. I just wonder if Clev would have been more open to it. Now, as it turns out, Cleveland was probably good. They dodged a bullet on it. They did. Clev's had more arm injuries. Yep. Oh, and I didn't like the trade at the time, but they made a good trade. I never liked his – I thought his delivery was, was so violent. too violent. Yeah. And I just – from the very first time I saw him at spring training, I, I loved his velocity. Yeah. And I just said, that can't hold up. It's yeah. too, it's, it was too violent. Yeah. So, Bauer's not going to wind up here. There's no, no chance. So, he it, be odds on – Angels, would you would you agree that the Mets might be willing to do that? I or don't no? think so because they're in New York. I think, Chapman made it through that gauntlet, but she, but again, I think Bauer more disliked than Chapman, and I think Chapman's a lousy guy too. Uh, but also Didn't Bauer, Bauer spurned and, the Mets, and and, uh, and and this might impact whether or not yeah. he would end up with the Mets. Am I wrong in thinking that there was some sort of friction between Bauer and Frankie? Not to my knowledge, okay. but I, I wasn't thought, around that team very I long. Thought I thought I have a recollection of there being some kind of I think discourse there was. between the two. That sounds familiar to me, but and I'm not I can't remember sure. exactly what it was, and I don't know how public it went. I think I, the Mets are unlikely. I, I you know, and uh, Trevor, Trevor, and, and listen, players have the right to go back at the media because we get things wrong and we cross the line, and there's a lot of things I see that I don't like. But I don't know if Trevor could hold up in the New York media. I think that would be, it would be a gauntlet there. I think it would be a really bad mix because he has no problem going back at people, which is fine. That's his right. Yeah. Right. Especially if things get wrong, if things are wrong. But I think he would spend so much time warring with the media in New York. Yeah. I don't know that he's got thin skin and rabbit ears, and that's a bad yeah. combo for New York. One yeah. of the things that jumped out to me about that piece that ESPN wrote that you talked about was the fact that they they they, they surmise that. Bauer maintains his innocence. Right. And so they, they talked about how, well, one of the things that's going to turn teams off is he's shown no remorse. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, the parallels between Bauer Watson, yeah. and Watson yeah. are stunning. Yeah. yeah. Because like Bauer, Watson said, look, I've done nothing wrong. These women knew what was going on. They yeah. knew what the deal was. And Bauer not only is saying the same thing, but his text messages that eventually the L.A. County, in not pursuing charges, said, this looks like consensual. It's weird. Yeah. And it's not healthy, but this is a consensual thing between two adults. Mm. We've got proof that she asked him to do that. It, it, it comes down to a calculated risk for any owner. Is the talent worth the, the you know, the headache, the headache. you're going to get? And I don't know. By the way, the price tag is only seven hundred twenty thousand. And then that, the money too. If it becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, somebody's going to sign him. It's Calif- ridiculous. And to California think will is sign him. not saying that we're we're the conservative hotbed of the country, but California is a very liberal place. I mean, you can. It ain't like you can you, here in the Midwest. That's a story all the time. In L.A. I mean, are they really checking? Oh, they that? hated when he went there. They got yeah. There crushed. was a lot of outcry amongst Dodgers fans. What are you doing? Just for signing him in the first place? Yeah. yeah. Anaheim, um, San Diego. Could he go to the Padres? Padres would be interesting. Yeah. Especially since that's where all the problems were. Yeah. Well, maybe go to the White Sox with Clevenger. <laughs> Sheesh. I don't know. So, 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 does he play next year? Yes. Or, I say I absolutely. Say yes. Yeah, I think he does. Somebody will bring him in. Yep. Well, there you go. The hubbub, go, just like with Watson, most of the hubbub goes now, away. Now, like Watson, we I think we touched on this uh, Monday, yesterday. I, I think there's some hangover effect mentally with Watson 
that is affecting his physical. We talked also that Carson Wentz, there's probably something going on there with well, Carson I think, Wentz. I think Trevor Bauer has never been, Mentally for the most strong. part, as good as he could have been. Because physical yeah. tools, I remember coming out of college, seeing and I, in the minors, was I was a first like, round pick. this guy is phenomenal. Yeah. But I think he's he is very sensitive. He tries to pretend he's all tough, and, he's, and he is, but he's very sensitive. And he is very thin-skinned, as you said before. Yeah, so how will that... He wants yeah. to shut people up Because on like a quarterback... It's not like you're a second baseman. Yeah. If you're, if you're not strong here, you're done. And I wonder what kind of carryover there would be. Because you're right. He does carry himself like, you know what? F everybody. I don't right. care what anybody says or thinks. Yeah. But we know that's not true. That's right. Because yeah. he reaches out and responds to people's tweets and everything He's else. Kinda, it's kind of like Baker Mayfield. Like, it's like... I feel like if Baker Mayfield had like the personality of Colt McCoy, I, I'm like, would he be better? But then again, I would say, well, if he had the personality like Colt McCoy, he probably would have never got as much as he yeah, got. Yeah, as much body. as that helped That's him true. get to where right. he eventually got, it probably had a lot to do with him unraveling yeah. too. But Trevor Bauer is way more talented than Baker Mayfield in the end. Oh, we're talking about yeah. probably. Uh, I, I think he's a top ten pitcher. I really do. I mean, not now. I, I not mean, now. We yeah. don't, but when we last saw him. Yeah, I mean, he was like, for, for he, his a, a two-year stretch. He was a top-ten pitcher. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's a mental game. Yeah. Pitching got to be the ultimate mental game. If he doesn't oh drone out with the finger, I think the Indians have a ring. Possibly. And he's talked before, like, he's not a genetic freak by any means. Like, he's got, no matter how much he works out, he's got, like, baby fat he can't get rid of right he's a guy that I think has maximized he's gotten everything out of his body and he does so very he unconventionally get. a yeah. lot of folks looked at him and this is why he didn't work uh Arizona was it Arizona that drafted him yes. Arizona yeah Arizona that's right and the catcher hated him the catcher yeah. hated him. well he was arrogant looked at everybody else like you guys are training the he wrong way everybody's what, a moron well what, here's what's funny him. about that conventional about like you said conventional what is he doing so he does the he, he does the first one and the long the, toss the arm stabilized long toss like a freak and he was also trying to maximize his arm speed he was, there's videotape of him trying to throw a ball like 110 miles an hour and all this nonsense but here's what's interesting about that and tom house is a guy who also was looked at as this well, this guy's a nut job yeah and then finally, after a while, even though he was unconventional, not just baseball, football guys were going to house for throwing mechanics. And then they were saying, you know what? He's crazy like a fox. And I think Bauer is the same thing. I had guys tell me when Bauer came into the league, his arrogance, his thinking he knew everything was going to give him a three-year lifespan in Major League Baseball. Some of those same people told me that now baseball has widely accepted some of the weird things he was doing, and a lot of other guys are doing it now and had success with it. He built the Driveline Academy in Seattle, basically. Exactly, that was he all did. from Trevor and Kyle Body, who who runs it, worked for the Reds. And for look a while. where they—I mean, look what that, they're looked at now as the guru. Yeah, yeah, but part of the problem with Bauer is he thinks he's an expert on everything. Well, maybe, but what's funny is on the baseball the side, way. while the establishment said this guy's nuts, yeah. and he's never going to stay healthy. It's worked for him. It's Absolutely. all turned around, and yeah. now everybody's saying, this guy really knows what he's doing, and we need to spread that yeah. throughout baseball. And guys that are using his techniques are having a great deal of success. All that being said, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't want him in my clubhouse. Yeah. But if I'm a fan of a team that is an arm away, I am going to want my ownership to look hard and long at whether or not yeah. that risk is worth the reward. You've got to take a, the pulse of the clubhouse. 
and like yeah, I think that's important. You got like, are there guys here that have Talk to a problem with him? Of the team is this, yeah, yeah. Like we, the leaders of the team got to be okay with it. Yeah, first reaction, yeah. Trevor Bauer, go yeah. and see what guys say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But he'll have a job. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, I will too. I will definitely be surprised. What, you want to do final takes now? We got some internet comments first. Then we will get to final takes today. We got a bunch today, actually. Uh, this first one is kind of tough to read. It's from Levi Robin. I'm a diehard Steelers fan, and I love this show. I learn more juicy Steelers <laughs> stats here than on Steelers podcasts. Sorry for all your pain. Wow. Here's a super chat as a snack. Yins deserve it. <laughs> that's the biggest Yins. compliment that, that that's you fair. Give I, you're so right. I'm all right with that. Yeah. yeah. Behind enemy lines, and he paid money to do it. Yeah, you that was great. you're right. To compliment Browns fans. This next one's from Rin D. The best game Staklowski ever had was the game he didn't coach. The D had five turnovers. The offense scored 48 points to beat the Squealers in the playoffs. Will That's Mc- why they didn't get rid of Prefer. He got the best play. He got a, He got the playoff win. Mm. We we missed that one. Uh, Will well didn't True. Van Pelt coach that or the Prefer? Prefer. No, that was Prefer. Prefer. Yeah. All right. Next one's from Will McEwen. If you're okay, this is gonna be. Let me read this real quick. <laughs> if you're a coach like Flores or Schwartz, I'm gonna just translate a little bit. If you're a coach like Flores or Schwartz, I would think this is a dream job. Some great talent. You turn it around, make the playoffs. You're a head coach candidate next year. Team starts off bad. You may get a chance in Cleveland anyway. Mm. That, I agree with I like all of that. that. I agree with that. And then last one, Bauer's a complete moron. He'd ruin any locker room. Stay away. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was concise. You know what they say, 29 teams can think that way. It just right. takes it just one. Takes yeah, so one. there'll be one team that'll give him a shot. You think he'll ever return to stardom levels? I don't, but no. I think I don't he'll either. be a I solid. I think the mental side will keep He'll him. still be decent. Be above average starting pitchers. He'll be above average. Yeah, Yeah. and you know what? A lot of teams have their front of the rotation guys set. You know these teams that we talk about as as contending. Right, man. What they need is that number number three three, or number number four. four, And I think at that price, that for a number three or a number four, you're not going to find anybody that brings that much talent to Uh, the table. Jack, that spawned a question. I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, does does Deshaun Watson actually have to be? A top ten quarterback for the Browns to win. Oh yeah, yes. Can he be twelve or thirteen? No, no, he has to be the I, guy. I, don't even think, I think tens, uh, ten specifically is an irrelevant number. I think there's like six or seven. Depends on the year. I think there's anywhere from like four to seven or eight elite tier quarterbacks, okay. and he's got to be. Even if he's the last guy in that tier, he's got to be in. You that You call tier yourself the Duke of knee jerk. I'll ask Jason yeah. a knee jerk question. Does he ever return to what he used to be? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There you go. That's what I was sitting there with my well, heart on. Or they're screwed. Yeah, I think he will. Okay. I think he will. Okay. But I, I look at this and go. How much of that is hope? There's some, there's some yeah, hope well, there. the, the, the larger part of me thinks he will not. I, and part of the me hopeful thinks, side like, of me says he damn well better. This is the Browns, and if there's a, if there's a trap door somewhere, they're gonna find it. <laughs> and and that's honestly that's my concern. That's it. Right? No, is, that's so I true. I mean, out of how many players that have come here, 
like that have gotten here, how many players for the Browns have had spectacular shining seasons or greatness? That I mean, OBJ came here and we was like, yo, we got something and we got zero. It was great. Like the, the production, they, they, it just looks like they're different players. And I think it's the Cleveland factor. We, I haven't seen it. Now, trust me, I wanted to, with all my heart, I wanted to be that way. But you go back to the players, and, and by the time they leave here, these players aren't even looked at as the same. See, that's players. the thing. I, and, I, and I wonder, you know, we talked about this with Bauer, and we brought it up with Carson Wentz. I wonder if the mental damage is irreversible. Because to play that position yeah, well, well, you have to be Joe Burrow. I, th- you said this yesterday. The greatest answer to any question I've heard asked this year, how long will your window be open? As long as I'm playing. Yeah. I want my quarterback Sean to Watson's walk, gotta feel talk, that way. and act that way. He doesn't walk that way right Not now. Not right now. He doesn't talk that way right now. And my fear is he may never overcome those hurdles and that's to possible. be what he once was. And if that happens, the Browns are effed. Which and is G, why reason- I was so not for that move. Gee, the reason why he has to be in that upper echelon, I'm just going to list real quick the ages and names of the quarterbacks in the AFC playoffs that he'll have to go against every year. You got okay. Josh Allen, who's 26, <coughs> not going anywhere for a long time. Patrick Mahomes, the elder statesman, 27, not going anywhere for a long time. Joe Burrow's 26. Lamar Jackson may not be in Baltimore, probably not leaving, 25. You have Justin Herbert's 24, Trevor Lawrence, 23. And then you have the combination of Tua and Skylar Thompson, which – don't really fit into that category. Yeah, let's but just say Tua. You look at Deshaun Watson, those are the guys he has to go yeah. against. No, That's you're right. just in the AFC. How, how, take, how old is he, 27? He's 20? older than all those guys. He's 27. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's older than Mahomes, but he's the same age as Mahomes. Yeah. They were drafted the same year. You know what's wild is um, watching the championship game last night, Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia, yeah. uh, is older than I think nine starting quarterbacks oh, really? in the NFL. He's older than Lamar I did, Jackson. I didn't he's watch older than Jackson. He's older than, than Herbert. Game. I flipped it on. I, yeah. I, there was obviously curiosity. Yeah. Um, I, I finally you. turned it off. It was 10-7. Well, I said 42-20. Mm. You, you hedged your bet. You were like, it's going to be awful. They're going to kill them. It's going to be ugly. I and know. I go, well, then let's bet it. And yeah. you go, well, the spread's 14. That's an awful lot. Oh, I, just, I just hate betting spreads that big. My gut was, I know. My gut was spot. I did make some money on uh, TCU under 24.5 total team. Yeah. They only scored on a broken coverage, busted play. It was the only reason they scored seven that in the first That was it. Place. Otherwise, it would have been 66 to nothing. If I parlayed, those odds would have been beautiful. Poor ESPN. They're crying right now as they're looking at the overnight ratings oh, from last man, night. That was good. horrible. I, I mean, there were a lot of people like you, Bull, that said, I'm not even interested. Not I'm not even turned on. No. Jason no. texted our group chat, chat last night, and I think he said, you know, I turned it on. It was 17-7. Saw him one more score and said, "Nope, I've seen enough. I'm out. That's nope. it. Yeah, done. Yeah, I was like, terrible. I gotta go. Final takes. Final takes. Bull, you're up first. All right, I'm going to do more about the Guardians here. You know, it's been an interesting off season for the first time in a number of years. This is more big picture baseball. Before I specifically get to the Guardians, now with Correa signed, there's no big free agents left mm-hmm. on the market, and this is good for the game because it's early January. You, for the last bunch of years, you've had some good players sign in February, even March. In some cases, not until the season started. There, who's the best player left on the market right now? There's no, I don't think there's anybody. Trevor great. Bauer. <laughs> well, that's a unique circumstance a that he that's just got joke. cut. Yes, thank you. But I think that's good. Small picture, there are some interesting guys out there. Now, I think the Guardians are probably done adding significant pieces, but I'm going to remain hopeful. And there's... Uh, 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 an A-plus way we can end this offseason for the Guardians, and then a B way, and then a, an F way, uh, which is do nothing else. 
Now, I'm not giving him an F for the whole offseason, but I'm saying the rest of the way. Now, the A plan is two blockbuster trades by the Guardians, where you're not spending a ton of money because both of these guys that I'm saying to trade for are under team control for a number of years, and you have the prospects to get both of them. The Guardians have one of the best farm systems in all of Major League Baseball, and they have a lot of young players already in the big leagues. How about two trades? Pablo Lopez of the Marlins and Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. Two teams that are playing for the future. A great young hitter with three years of team control, and I believe Lopez has three years of team control as a pitcher. You would add Lopez to Bieber and McKenzie. You would add Reynolds to what they already got in the outfield, and both those guys under control the next few years. It would be an A++++ offseason for the Guardians, and they'd be overwhelming favorites to win the AL Central. Okay, maybe they can't go that big. And go, let's go a little lesser tier. How about you trade for Carlos Carrasco? You bring him back. Wouldn't cost you much to get him because the Mets, whose payroll is so high, would looking to just get rid of his salary at this point. And then sign Trey Mancini, who is actually probably the best free agent still out there. A good player to put into that first base DH mix with Naylor and Bell. That would still be a, some good additions. In the end, I'm not confident they're going to do any of those moves, but I'd like to see that happen. What do you think about Lopez and... Uh, Who are we giving up? Pop. I can't grade a trade if I don't know what we're losing. I, well, Pablo Lopez... I mean, would I like to have those guys? Hell Young yeah, last but at year. what cost? It's going to cost you Espino, Gavin Williams, and I'm not, and, a couple and that's of those middle infielders. Yep, to that's get why both I'm of those guys, you're losing. You're losing your, your, the, the pieces that you are building your future on. Now, yeah, I'm not ready Lopez to do that. You got under team control for, I said three, but it might even be more than that. You guys want to Cy Young. So you're not going to trade guys for, to get a Cy Young pitcher? Uh, no, I'm just saying, I'm not arguing that point. Yeah. I'm just saying if you have three years of team control, you have them for two because they're going to trade them with the year right, left. You're right. Well, it might be more In than Cleveland, that. you always have to subtract one. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to trade no them with at least a year that, left. Go ahead. Not more. Even if, so if it's four, it's three. If it's three, it's two. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't just, know that those guys are going to be great. I know Pablo Lopez is And here's what great. I can't do, and it's really tough. I've been, we've all been asked this a lot, like, what do you think about going after this player? That's half the equation. You've shown me half the puzzle. I well, need let me to tell know you exactly what I'm giving up. I, it can't be, you know, like in the case of Donovan Mitchell, it's like whatever you got to give up, you yeah. give up. And, the, the, I, and these guys the way, aren't those guys. They're not giving up all those guys. You know, we keep thinking the Guardians have to give up everybody. The A's got nothing in that Sean. They didn't get any elite prospects in that Sean Murphy. No, trade. I was disappointed that when I saw what they gave up that we didn't get him. They had a certain price that guys that they wanted from Cleveland. Uh, Pablo Cleveland Lopez didn't win the Cy Young. What the hell am I? Yeah, talking? I know. When you said Lopez is a Cy Young winner, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, what am I confusing myself with? Well, but Pablo, uh, but Look, he's a the guy in the Marlins. Uh, so it's Rosanna, Al- Rosanna Dana from Saturday Night Live. Never Sandy mind. Alcantara. <laughs> yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, not okay. Pablo Lopez. Well, that's a horse of a different. Y- yeah, color. my bad. Yeah, brain fart. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, no, no prospects then. All right, you had me sold. You falsified his record. I had a, br- I had a brain thing? fart. Wrong Marlins pitcher. All right, I want to talk about something that um, this is not sourced in any way. This is just something as I was kind of cranking through some things and looking at some things. The Minnesota Vikings built, built a new stadium a couple of years ago. It's one of the finest stadiums in the league. It cost over a billion dollars, and the state kicked in $500 million. And $350 million of the five hundred came from electronic pull tabs. Gambling is not legal in Minnesota, but you can buy these pull tabs through charity. And I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me. So they buy these electronic pull tabs through these charity organizations. They take a portion of that, and they allocated it to pay for this new stadium. I am of the belief that Brown Stadium will be the next facility replaced in Cleveland uh, because it's an awful location. 
The sight lines are awful. You can't see the scoreboard from those expensive seats. It was a rush job. It's a terrible stadium. If, but let's back up. So when the Guardians were doing their lease negotiations, they never even asked for a new stadium. The city doesn't have the money. The state doesn't have it. But they knew that was a non-starter. But now that gambling is legalized in, in Ohio, I'm wondering if there's a way for the Browns to get a new stadium out of this by doing something similar to what Minnesota did and allocating some of the funds. Ohio's about to get a bit of a windfall here with, with some of these gambling proceeds. Is there a way to now reallocate that back into facilities to where the state would earmark X number of dollars and put them toward renovations? You know, we're, we haven't heard a whole lot with the Guardians renovations lately about what's going on in Progressive Field. Obviously, the Cavs just redid Rocket Mortgage. Uh, and the Browns are up next, and their lease expires, I think, in 2028. And we've heard nothing about a new stadium to this point. And really, the trend in, in, in these stadiums for a long time was, if you want it, you go build it yourself, Mr. Billionaire. Which and we, we saw that in L.A. Uh, Cranky built the whole thing himself in Inglewood. Uh, we saw that in Minnesota. Uh, the Wolf family put up quite a bit of money to get that thing done. And then Buffalo came along and redid all of that. And the deal that Buffalo got from the city and from the state of New York was stunning in the amount of public dollars that are now, it, it set back stadium building 20 years. <laughs> and so as we walk through this, as we work through this, as we talk about what's going to happen to First Energy Stadium, as we talk about the possibility of building, and again, I'm the only one saying this so far in terms of building a new stadium. I think it needs replaced, and I just wonder if there's going to be a way to reallocate some of these gambling funds that the, that the state's going to take in to help build a new stadium in Cleveland. Yeah, Alcantara, five years of team control, by the way. Bad job out of me saying Lopez instead of Alcantara. Uh, get in line, though. A lot, a lot of entities are saying, give me some give of me that some, gambling. See some you in overtime. See you tomorrow, too. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.